You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is December 20th, one of the shortest days of the year. And this episode is brought to you by Draft, draft.com. And the Draft app, use the promo code L-O-N-F-L for a free draft on this new daily fantasy website or app. My name's Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, covering the Vikings for ZoneCoverage.com. The co-host is Sage Rosenfels, who really needs no introduction. He's the former Vikings quarterback. Sage, good Wednesday morning, my friend. Good morning to you as well, Sam. We move into week 16. And the Vikings play the Packers in four days, actually in three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, it's three days, basically um, taking on the Packers and they will be without Aaron Rodgers. News broke about 3 p.m. yesterday. Rodgers to the injured reserve. I assume this is a responsive move to the Monday night game where they got eliminated from the playoffs. Do you think this is the right move for Green Bay? Yeah, I think it definitely was the right move. I mean, it, it doesn't look great because, you know, it sort of it sort of says to the rest of the team that uh, you know they're they're obviously packing in their bags for the year and they don't really care all that much about these last two games, but they really don't care about these last two games. You know, the, the whole thing with the, with the NFL is to win the Super Bowl, and the, the Packers cannot get to the playoffs. They have been eliminated. Their best players coming off a, a, a shoulder surgery. And uh, and these two games don't really matter. So if something happened in these last two games where he re-injured that shoulder uh, and he was was not the same Aaron Rodgers that we've seen for the last ten years in Green Bay, that would be a, a travesty. So uh, that uh, it makes a, a complete sense that they would you know shut him down for the rest of the year, let that let that shoulder heal even more, and then also get Brett Hundley some more snaps and. And more playing time and, and, and try to go out there and try to win some games. But uh, they know that, uh, you know, if they don't win a game the rest of the year, it's not the end of the world. It's clear the Packers need talent on their team, and they have an asset in, in Brett Hundley. He's a young quarterback in the NFL, and I'm sure he's flashed enough for some team to, to be attracted to that. Do you think that Hundley could be floated as a potential trade asset in the offseason? I don't know if he's shown enough yet uh, to, to you know, for a team to go. We want that guy to be our starter. I think that's the whole goal. When you draft a, a player in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, uh, I think initially you say, you know what, it, it'd be nice if he was our, you know, backup for a long time, and if he plays better than that, um, he could either be our starter or somebody else's starter somewhere else, and that's why New England for years has been drafting quarterback because they want to, you know, draft somebody in the fifth round and then trade them for a, a first rounder of three years later. So uh, I don't know if Hundley has shown enough. Uh, he's, he's played some games. I think he's played really well and other games he hasn't played so well. Um, but I think these last two games, well, could help that value. Uh, you know, so if, if anything, he, he's been a solid backup form. He kept him in the race. Uh, he didn't play great. He didn't play terrible. Uh, but I don't think he's shown starter value yet. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the Packers, I believe, went three and four in games started by Brett Hundley, and uh, he'll get two more here down the stretch. And I think Vikings fans should be rejoicing in that because the challenge of Hundley is far different from Rodgers. And I don't believe for a second when 
we asked Mike Zimmer and we said, what's the difference between prepping for the two? And he said, you know, not much. We're just prepping for the Green Bay Packers. No way. It's a huge difference between prepping for Rodgers and prepping for Hundley, isn't it? Well, as far as preparation, you can't really do anything different. As far as what do you expect when the actual game starts? Yeah, you expect a huge difference. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to run the same plays that Brett Hundley runs. The, the thing is that you know Hundley can't make some of the throws that Rodgers can make, uh, and he can't make some of the plays when when the the original play breaks down that Rodgers makes. So you know the actual plays that are called and run and, and, and the game will be basically the same. It's just that Rodgers is, you know, so much better running those plays, so much more accurate. His arm is stronger uh, and uh, he's just such a better player. All right. I've got a general football take. Tell me if it's a bad idea. So I've been thinking about all of the attrition in the league, all of the injuries, the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday virtually had no linebackers left. Would it make sense to adopt a concept similar to baseball where you get to the last month of the season? In baseball, it's called September call-ups. In football, what would you think about expanding the game day roster from 46 to 53, give some of these banged-up teams a reprieve, and maybe give them a chance to showcase some more of their depth and see what they have if the season is lost? Do you think that would make sense? Yeah, it's not a terrible idea. I mean, the NFL is such a grind that the last month of the season, I mean, guys are, the bodies are sort of falling apart. I mean, everyone is just really beat up. There's a lot of tears and uh, you know, slight injuries that are going on that just sort of progressively get worse as the season goes. And uh, it's not a bad idea to, uh, to increase that roster. But, you know, the NFL Players Association does have a bit of a say in this because, you know, that, that would mean less money for the players that are you know, currently in the NFL uh, if they spread it amongst more players. Yeah, but we're not talking about increasing the roster size, just making more guys active because you've got 53, uh, you, you, you inactivate seven, and just make those guys active and have more depth on game day. That's all I'm thinking. Not Well, not- yeah, I, I've, never, I've never even understood the whole active-inactive thing. I've always thought, yeah, 53 guys in the team, I don't know why all of them just aren't active. And if you have five guys that are injured, you have five guys that are injured. But I'm, I'm, I've never really understood the whole active-inactive thing. Granted, maybe part of it is to level the playing field with, with existing injuries. Because, like, for instance, last week, Riley Reef was an inactive because he was hurt. If the roster was 53 and he was hurt that means the vikings would be short a player you'd be short the guys you're hurt but both teams are that's the way i look at it. both teams will be short players and that's sort of part of the you know i think that'd be part of the the game plan is you mm-hmm. know we, we've got five guys down because of injuries and they have two guys down because of, because of injuries and injuries become sort of part of the um the advantage that one team has over another and and you know i don't know i it, it would be an interesting thought i'm obviously there's reasons that they do it um, I'm, I, and I'm sure it's because of injuries, but I've always thought if you have 53 guys in the roster and they're all healthy, why not let them play? Yeah. Or, you know, alternatively, you could relax the waiver rules on practice squad call-ups and create another baseball term. You could create options. You could have like three options on a practice squad call-up, go up, go down, go up, go down if you wanted to. And then if you get to a third one, then you have to waive them. But that would be another way to, to mitigate some of the risk there if you have too many injuries. We're breaking down doors here. This They can bring this into the next CBA meeting for sure. Well, in about four months, we're going to be getting ready for the NFL draft, but it's not too early to be drafting. You know why? Because you can be drafting on the draft app or draft.com if you like fantasy football. 
get involved with the other 500,000 people that have already downloaded Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but you're done in under five minutes. They last for just one week if your fantasy team is up a crick, and you can join one right now for week 16. You're playing for cold, hard cash. That's the best part. And your chances of winning 80% better than other salary cap sites. New players get a free entry into a real money draft when they make their first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code L-O-N-F-L. L-O-N-F-L. That's right. Free money game for free. And it gets even better. Draft is so positive. You're going to love the experience. They're offering Locked on Vikings listeners a money back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com. Come play for free with me. Use the promo code LONFL. I'll have my draft linked on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom. Click the link, join the draft, play for free, and win big. I've got a little activity for you. It's called Name That Quarterback. I'm going to give you a a comparison, two quarterbacks and a stat. You're going to tell me who is better or worse in a certain category this year, okay? Maybe it'll spark some discussion. So I'm asking you, who do you believe has a higher passer rating this year? Is it Drew Brees or is it Alex Smith? Well, I think it's Alex Smith, I believe. I believe Smith is, has the second highest passer rating in the NFL. But I'm not. I'm not 100% positive. But I believe that he's second or third in the league. He is number one. Uh, number one in the league. 105.4. Breeze is tied for second. Uh, it does kind of seem like the Kansas City Chiefs have have turned the corner around again. Sort of the anti-Vikings, where the Vikings collapsed last year and never really figured it out. The Chiefs might have stabilized and saved their season. It appears. Yeah, and and. A lot of people were blaming Alex Smith early, and you know, they wanted to see Pat Mahomes there midseason when they were on their downfall. But the issue really wasn't their quarterback. Their issue was their defense. Their defense had been phenomenal in Kansas City for a number of years since Andy Reid got there, and they really fell apart. They were ranked, oh, 26, 27, 28th in, in passing defense uh, you know, this season, and that's something very new. So you know, everyone likes to blame the quarterback when the team struggles, but – for the Chiefs this year, Alex Smith has played very well. Yeah, they've got the inside track to the AFC West. Uh, how about this one? More touchdown passes, Brett Hundley or Mitchell Trubisky? Ooh, I'm guessing you're asking that because it's Hundley, but I'm not sure. Uh, that's a good question. Didn't, didn't Trubisky have like three touchdown passes last week or something like that? I thought he threw for 300 yards or something. Well, he if he did, he wasn't was not enough to pass Hundley. It's Hundley eight, Trubisky seven. It's pretty close, but um, but between the two quarterbacks, who do you feel? And Trubisky and Trubisky has started every game except for maybe the first or second game or something like that. That he was benched. Well, he's, like he his first start fairly early. Yeah, his first start was the Vikings in Week Five, so that'd be okay. four four games of Glennon. Uh, who do you feel like between the two has had the better sort of debut this year, Hundley or Trubisky? Well. Seven touchdown passes in that many games isn't isn't very good. Eight, eight's not great either. And I think that uh, uh, the thing with Hundley is he has been in the league for a few years. You know, he's not a rookie, so you expect a little more out of a veteran uh, who understands the system and has been around a little bit longer, even though he hasn't played very much. Uh, and I and I think the Bears have really, you know, offensively they've really made it simple 
uh, for Trubisky, and, and which has really hurt that offense. I mean, they've, they've kept it probably too simple uh, for him. So, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen enough Bears this year other than when they play the Vikings just because they're not very good, and I, I try to watch mm-hmm. the best teams. <laughs> and uh, um, and I watch Hundley play. I, I've been impressed by Hundley. I think he's done a lot of good things. And, and um, they said that he didn't play great the whole time, but I thought he's played very respectable. Uh, and, and, you know, his agent should be happy that, you know, he, he didn't play great, but he, he played okay. I would say Trubisky's done a little more with a little less maybe. I think the Bears roster, is, and as bad as the Packers have shown they are, I think they have more on offense around Hundley in, in terms of a receiving core. They still have had Nelson Cobb and Adams for most of those games where Trubisky has had like Josh Bellamy and Dontrell Inman. And he has had a good running game around him. That's, I think, helped Trubisky out tremendously. But it does seem like Trubisky has, has a nice foundation and he's maybe playing some of his better football toward the end of the year, whereas maybe a guy like Deshaun Kaiser doesn't seem to be showing any improvement at all. So that's that's kind of what you want to see from a rookie quarterback. And as we've seen from Goff and Wentz, you can take a big step into year two. So that's there's some hope there for Trubisky, I would say. Yeah, the Bears definitely need to get some weapons around him going into his second year. That's something that uh, the Philadelphia Eagles definitely did. Uh, for Carson Wentz, as they went out and acquired some some uh, some weapons, including Al- Alshon Jeffrey at the wide receiver position. Yeah. All right. Next one. Who's got the lower yards per attempt, Jay Cutler or Joe Flacco? I know Joe Flacco. Last I checked, I wrote an article a week or two ago, and Flacco's uh, name was was in it, and the Ravens were were in it. And so I did some research that the Ravens were last in the NFL in passing yards per game. It was about 170 yards per game. I was shocked uh, by that stat, and uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and say Joe Flacco. Yeah, you're right. He. He's into shown Kaiser territory for yards per attempt. In fact, he's below Kaiser. He's at 5.82. Jay Cutler's not much better. He's at 6.1. The Jay Cutler to Miami experiment has really not worked out that well, and I think they're probably appreciating Ryan Tannehill a lot more in light of it. Do you think Cutler just heads back to the broadcast booth after this year? Uh, If somebody will have him, you know, I I don't feel like I don't feel like Jay Cutler will have that sort of excitement that everyone, you know, and, and the detail that everyone likes about Tony Romo. And I, I just don't know if he'll bring that type of energy to the broadcast booth and people like him. But I, I guess we shall see. If, yeah, but I think he's, I think his NFL career is done. Yeah, it sure seems like it. He's uh, 2,300 yards, 18 TDs, 14 picks, and a team that won't make it to the playoffs. Next one, completion percentage. Case Keenum or Matthew Stafford, higher completion percentage. Huh, good question. I'm going to go with Case Keenum on this one. You got it. And I was actually surprised to find out he's number two in the league. He is behind, of course, Drew Brees, who's having just an out-of-this-world season at about 72%. But Keenum is right behind at 68%. Keenum now, he's putting up – I mean, these are some gaudy numbers. And we'll talk about him maybe, you know, whether or not he got snubbed from the Pro Bowl or not. But, you know, 68%. 20 touchdowns, seven interceptions, uh, a rating of 99. That is a Pro Bowl season on paper. Yeah, he has had a Pro Bowl season. I, you know, I saw on Twitter yesterday people were saying, you know, why didn't Case get in and this, that, and the other. But, you know, a lot of times the first year you have a really good year, the Pro Bowl, the players, you know, and the people that vote, you, should, you sort of don't get in the first year many times. A lot of times you have to prove it a second time. So, 
you know, of course, nobody knows what that's what that means for Case Keenum with next year. But you know, he obviously proved he was a Pro Bowl level player this year. Uh, if he has the same type of season next year, wherever he is, I bet he ends up making the Pro Bowl. Let's talk about the Pro Bowl. Good job on name that quarterback, by the way. Good instinct. The Vikings got four Pro Bowlers: Xavier Rhodes, Anthony Barr. Everson Griffin and Adam Thielen, the lone offensive player. And most years, four players in the Pro Bowl would be great. A lot of people, a lot of fan bases would be really pleased with that. I think Vikings fans feel slighted. I think they they have a strong case for Harrison Smith, who is the best safety in football, according to Pro Football Focus. Linval Joseph has sort of an intangible impact, but I think he's one of the better nose tackles in the NFL and very important to what the defense does. And then Keenum, of course, uh, you could make an argument for. Do you think the Vikings got slighted? And, and let me give you quick the context here for who got voted in in front of these guys. At safety, it was Earl Thomas, Landon Collins, and Malcolm Jenkins. Interior line, Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald, and Gerald McCoy in front of Joseph. Well, I, I saw the Eagles play plenty of times this year, and I saw – and Michael Jenkins is a good player, but I saw him miss a lot of tackles. And um, and I, I think Harrison Smith is a, is a better player than him. Um, you know, Earl Thomas, I think that he I – don't, I don't believe he'd been to a Pro Bowl before or something, which had sort of surprised me. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a very, very good player. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think Harrison Smith is is better than Malcolm Jenkins for sure. And I think what's interesting is that you know this is the 11-win football team. The Vikings have 11 wins, and yet they only have four Pro Bowlers. I was on a team in Miami. This is going back to the early 2000s, where we had seven Pro Bowlers in defense and one on offense, and we ended that year nine and seven. And uh, and and another thing is you know offensively, the Vikings are about fifth or sixth in the league in offense. And yet they only have one Pro Bowler on offense. So um, maybe the, it just means that the Vikings have a lot of really good players, and uh, only some, only a few great players. But uh, in football, a lot of times you're only as, as good as your weakest link. And it seems like right now the Vikings don't have a lot of weak links. They have a lot of really good players. I guess uh, you know the, the the voters didn't believe that they had enough great players on the roster, but they've got a very good football team, and I don't think anybody wants to play them in the NFC. Yeah, well, first of all, the Vikings hope they're not in the Pro Bowl. They hope they've got a Super Bowl to prepare for, but let's just entertain the possibility. There's always going to be dropouts. Like, for instance, quarterback Carson Wentz is not going to be playing in the Pro Bowl. Therefore, there's going to be a fill-in. That might, Case Keenum might be next in line because they have Wentz, they have Wilson, they have Breeze already going. I think Keenum could easily be next there. Obviously, it's not going to be Rodgers this year. Probably not going to be Stafford. There's not too many other options. I don't know if Prescott has put together a good enough season. I guess Goff would certainly get strong consideration. I think Keenum still has a pretty good chance. You know, at tight end, Zach Ertz, Jimmy Graham made it. Kyle Rudolph might be next in line. So you, you never know if the Vikings add a couple more. I mean, certainly on the offensive line, they might have some candidates as well. Maybe Pat Elfline sneaks in. Maybe Riley Reef sneaks in. Um, they might get six or seven by the end of it, but uh, there's the Pro Bowl situation. You, you hope that nobody plays in the Pro Bowl yeah. because the Vikings are in the Super Bowl. That's right, and they'll have a much better chance to make the Super Bowl if they win on Saturday and really uh, put the lockdown on that bye week. Okay, let me ask you this, last one for the day. If the Vikings have to go to Philadelphia to play in the NFC Championship game against Nick Foles, does that give you any pause? Do, do you think the Vikings would have any uh, issue winning that football game? 
No, I, I don't. I think the Vikings are, you know, you prefer to play at home, but I think that this is the type of team that can go anywhere and play and win. I, I think Case Keenum is one of those guys that doesn't fold under pressure. Uh, they've got, you know, very, very good defense and a good running game. And shoot, recently the Eagles have, you know, struggled a little bit against the pass. They give up 429 yards the other day against Eli Manning. So, you know, they're not playing great defensively. And uh, now obviously they lost Carson Wentz, their quarterback. So, you know, I, I think I'd be okay with the Vikings going in Philadelphia as a, for a chance to win the Super Bowl with the backup quarterback starting. You're saying that Keenum wouldn't crack, but Foles would fold. That's what you're saying. Yeah, well, I, I, I think just personality-wise, I think Keenum, he doesn't have a tough personality where he folds under pressure. He, I really don't believe that. He seems like he uh, you know, sort of thrives in those types of situations. He really looks forward to those types of games. And I think I think he would play really well in the NFC Championship game on the road. And your uh, colleague, John Krasinski, just named Case Keenum on TheAthletic.com the Minnesota Sports Person of the Year. I saw a great feature up there, and I think at the time it was unlocked. It was not behind the paywall, so maybe you can go check that out. In case, or Sage, he'll be writing uh, an athletic piece later this week. Do you have a topic for us? Well, I'm probably going to cover a few things uh, on the team and you know, sort of break down the situation of where they are, but also I'd, I'd like to talk about the, the, the secondary. Uh, and, uh, in, and probably you know, Terrence Newman I'd like to talk about a little bit. He's an old guy like myself. Uh, but uh, you know, these last three weeks, they've given up 173 yards to Matt Ryan. They give up 129 to Cam Newton and 114 to Andy Dalton last week. So I, I think the secondary uh, could use a little recognition right now. Love it. You can find that at theathletic.com. Sage, thanks so much. Great show. We'll talk to you again on Friday, and we'll have our picks. He's Sage. I'm Sam. It's Locked On Vikings. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, and it's brought to you by Draft.com and the Draft app. Join the 500,000 people already playing. Use the promo code LONFL for a free play.